Welcome everybody to another episode of BLACK, Becoming Legendary and Creative Kings, formerly the Young Black Kings podcast. Uh, we have a lot to uncover this week. I have an interview coming up with a Mr. Brian. I'm going to give him his space to kind of get some stuff off his chest. Um, and we're going to show him the respect that you sh- we expect to have ourselves. Um, today is June 8th, 2020. Um, you know, it's been a really really crazy week. Um, we've had a lot of things go on in the world. A lot of change is happening and some of it's good, some of it's bad. And of course we still have agent 45 sitting in the office. Um, so I want to, before we get into this episode, I want to talk about a couple things we have coming up. Um, if you haven't yet already, go ahead and Take a jump over to our Facebook page, B-L-A-C-K, all capital letters. You will see our glorious lion logo with the crown because we all are royalty out there, kings. Um, Make sure you like and follow the page to get all the latest updates of what we have going on. Also, if you haven't known, I'm also on another podcast called If I'm Being Honest, the movie edition. You can check it out on the same platforms you're currently listening to this podcast. We cover uh, new movies, uh, different TV shows that you may or may not have watched and you might want to watch. Um, and we talk about all sorts of different movie news and things of that nature. So that's If I'm Being Honest. Go check that out right now. Um, and Oh, great. Great news, guys. Uh, My brand new book, The It Factor, Overcoming Obstacles, is on sale right now on the Amazon app store uh, through Kindle. It's $2.99. It's a great deal, cheaper than a cup of coffee, and it's going to change your life, I promise you. So go check out that book right now, The It Factor, Overcoming Obstacles, exclusively on the Kindle app. Uh, and it's free if you have the Kindle membership service. So go ahead and check that out. It'll, uh, it, like I said, life changing. And it's not even that long either. So just go ahead and check it out. $2.99, less than a cup of coffee. You, you will do yourself a disservice if you don't go check that out. So go do that. Um, so let's get into this episode, y'all. Um, I issued a challenge, so to speak, to one Candace Owens. Um, She is a outspoken individual. Uh, She really doesn't have any political ties, um, but she is a ultra conservative. She went and said some things um, last week on her Facebook profile um, that kind of irked me. Um, I'll I'll get into a lot of this stuff a little bit later in the show when my talk with Brian. Um, But it it really bothered me a lot of the things that she was saying uh, because it just, it seems like she's so lost. And it's it's crazy the things that she can come up with and how she came came up with these these notions. Um, you know, we talk about she talked about uh, uh, we as black people, we uplift and we glorify the lowest common denominator uh, in our race. And, you know, that's not necessarily true. We have the NAACP. Uh, Tracy talked about that last week where we have the awards. Um, we we uplift individuals who are doctors, their lawyers, business uh, owners, 
all sorts of high class individuals in a black community that you don't get to hear about uh, because it's not televised. We don't we don't publicize it very often. And she equated this to George Floyd, who his soul may he rest in peace. And, and you know, it's it's sad that someone will build an agenda off of this most tragic and heinous act that took away uh our brother George from the world uh, left a daughter without a father for a senseless act of murder. And she she went on and on about how he's a criminal and he's a career criminal. And this is look, look, his background has nothing to do with the fact that a unarmed, defenseless man was murdered in the middle of the street in broad daylight while nine people were witness to it. Three other officers watched and didn't do anything to prevent it. The man was handcuffed face down on the ground and knee placed at the back of his neck to the point where he could not breathe for nine minutes. And for someone to build a narrative about that fact, it disregards the 492 other individuals who were senselessly murdered over the last few years. It, it, it takes away from that what we're fighting for, equality and justice and to the right the basic right to live and that's that's what we we we're, that's what we're protesting for and that's what the change that we're hoping to come about but you know she she said no other race uplifts their their worst <laughs> and it's funny that she says that because am I on the movie edition we just uh we we just reviewed a movie called Capone starring Tom Hardy and those of you who don't know who Capone is Al Capone is one of the most notorious gangsters in the United States history uh head of countless murders uh across the New York and Chicago uh uh metro areas and they made a movie off of him. And that's not the first movie. There are dozens of movies and TV shows and books based off of him. Then you have other mass uh, mass murderers and serial killers that have made appearances on movies and TV shows and comic books and video games and all those different things. But yet the black people uphold someone who allegedly tried to use a $20 bill, a fake $20 bill to pay for groceries. Um, you know, just, there's a, there's a, the, one of the most popular documentaries on Netflix right now is the Tiger King. And it, and it puts a gentleman by the name of Joe Exotic in the limelight to the fact that they're making a whole movie on this gentleman and he tortured and killed animals. That's why he's in prison right now. But black people are the only ones who glorify the worst of their worst. You talk about on our on the United States currency, a lot of these gentlemen were rapists. They were slave owners. But yet the black community, the only ones that worse of the worst of the worst. 
There's statues of General Robert E. Lee, the head of the Confederate Army, up and down the country. The state of Georgia had the Confederate flag as their state flag up until recently in the 90s, I think, they got rid of it. But yet the black community are the only ones that uphold and lift the worst of the worst. So what I say to you, Candace, before you start to spit out statistics and numbers that show no factual proof to what you're saying, maybe you should research the other side of what that what you're saying as well, because there are two sides. And throughout history of the United States, they always glorify those who write their own history. So, Candace, I if you ever come across this episode, I would like to have a talk with you. We can sit here and we can talk this out over Facebook. We can talk it out over Instagram. We can talk about it over here on the podcast. We can talk about it on your podcast. However you want to have this discussion, I am open to have that discussion with you. Whenever, however, I'm always down for an open discussion. So um, let's get into this. We're going to bring on Brian, have a quick conversation with him, and uh, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, we're back on the BLACK, Becoming Legendary and Creative Kings. I forgot what Tracy had his other acronym for. Um, But we have a conversation um, with uh, Mr. Brian, uh, who we're going to bring on. I have both him and Tracy on the line right now. We're just going to have a conversation. Uh, We want to see and learn from everyone's perspectives on what we can do to move forward as a country as a people, as a race in, in, in unison. So we'll see how we can go from there. So gentlemen, how you, how you guys doing? Uh, you know, blessing, uh, blessing paradise. That's all I can say, buddy. Mr. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I'm pretty well. Just excited to, uh, uh, get a chance to talk with you guys and get some information and, uh, hopefully share perspectives on both sides. We're looking forward to it. Well, let's have like first and foremost, I've already uh, uh, told our listeners that like, this is going to be a respectful conversation. Um, so if you guys are out there commenting on social media, again, just just be respectful to everyone involved. We're not here to spread hate or any more animosity that's already out there in the world. We, this is a conversation that we need to have for everyone needs to have to be able to grow. All right, so Brian, I'm gonna start with you. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, um, so our listeners can kind of get a perspective on that. Gotcha. Well, my name is Brian. I'm. I live out here in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was born and raised out here, and uh, uh, my main favorite thing to do is, you know, I love watching football, basketball. I enjoy bowling. Um, I've, I'm 35 years old, so I've kind of been through a lot of stuff in my life, and 
most recently, the reason why I reached out to uh, Chris uh, was to kind of, you know, a little bit debate and gather some more information about what it's like. He recommended uh, I watch this movie, uh, Just Mercy, just, you know, come watching that two nights ago. I also watched Brian Banks' movie this morning. I thought it was kind of heartbreaking, but good at the end. And uh, I love that. I really want to. I, it's so good. So well acted, too. My God. Um, I really have lived in a shell of uh, people that are like me. And that has uh, put into my mind a set of ideals that may not always be accurate. Accurate. And sometimes I get caught up on Facebook with Chris, and uh, I figured I want to take a time. You know, we took about a week off from debating. I've done a lot more research, and I kind of want to share some insights I've gained and uh, kind of talk with you guys and see what you guys think about them. And then also, I do want to get you guys' perspective about what's happening in the world with the with the riots, looting, uh, peaceful protests, and it's not just America right now; it's everywhere. So, for sure, for sure. Um. So well, uh, I guess we'll we'll open it up. Um, you talked about a couple of movies, uh, Just Mercy, in particular. Um, on my other podcast, we reviewed it, we talked about it. So I'm not going to you know dive into the movie itself. But um, right now, currently, that movie is streaming for free on everywhere, and it it talks about a lot of things that uh, black people go through, being falsely accused and imprisoned over hearsay um, to fit an agenda. Um, a, a lot of black people, when they get pulled over and they have to deal with the cops, um, they fit a description, and it's a very blanket description, and... Um, you end up in the situation of Jamie Foxx's character where you're in prison for a decade and no one wants to help you, you know, get out when you're not supposed to be there. And that that is an issue that a lot of black people who are sitting in prison right now have faced. Um, so it was good that you actually got to watch that movie and kind of see that um you know, even though that movie took place in in the '60s and the '70s, and you know, the guy just got out of prison in like the early 2000s, like it's 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 been in that issue that been that issue for a while. Um, but I'm glad you got to see that and kind of kind of see firsthand um, a little bit that what we go through and help help you get a little bit of clarity to what we've been protesting against. Can we just all agree that Michael B. Jordan is like the Michael Jordan of actors right now? He is absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Uh, he, as, as, well, if I say the way from Fantastic Four, wherever that garbage was, <laughs> uh, he killed him. He was acting on screen. And, and <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll save yeah. that conversation for another right. day. It really, it really hits you hard, you know? But Hollywood aside, Brian, um, you know, we had a conversation, you and I, about uh, perspective um, and different trajectories that a, a white person or anybody, one, one particular person can make and have the same opportunities that are, are different opportunities by a person of color would take. Um, what it, I want to have you go ahead and express your thoughts on that. Um, and uh, Tracy, I'll have you talk about it as well. All right. 
Gotcha. So I was looking at the statistics and what I found was very interesting. And I, and my ideal um, solution to the problem as well, I'll get to here in a second, is um, there are 13% of the American population is, is black. So I'm not if I'm, not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, if I am mistaken, please correct me at any point. Um, according to the Department of Justice, it's about like 50 to 55 percent of violent crimes or arrest rates um, happen to be in that category of, you know, it's, it's towards black people. And I thought about that quite a bit. And then I looked a little bit deeper and I saw in 2019 there were nine homicides by police officers uh, were... Unarmed uh, black, and they were all men too. Um, And I was thinking, I'm like, why is it like that? Why is it a 13% population has such a high, you know, arrest and crime rate? And at first, my first thing coming from the white perspective, because I don't know any better, you know, um, is like, well, maybe it's part of the culture. Maybe it's something that needs to change with them. And I was pushing the blame off towards. You know, and it's, it's not it's not my problem. I'm not a black man, and it's not my problem. I don't live in a black neighborhood. So I was gonna point my finger and kind of blame them over there. Well, you guys are doing it to yourselves. You know, is what happens a lot, especially from the white perspective. I know a lot of white people that look over that fence and see that there is, unfortunately, a lot of crime that happens, and um, then they then they hear the protests and. You know, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, and a lot of them are just kind of turned off by it, especially people in my generation, like 30 and plus, because they're not growing up and being as open-minded as people that are in high school and college right now or in their mid-20s. They seem to be much more, um, I am a Republican, they seem to be much more moderate liberal, maybe a little bit more medium liberal. And what I think I found out is that the reason why the arrest rates are higher and all the stuff and all the numbers is because it's not based on 100% fact. White person in America commits a crime. Black person in America commits a crime. Well, if the officer is mainly in the black area, they're gonna get caught a whole hell of a lot more. They, they they target, they stay there, and they go into poor communities. So I posted on a colleague, uh, me and Chris's uh, Facebook post, I said what would be super interesting to see is to end racism and to create equality, and this is amongst education, police enforcement, uh, you know, trial by jury. It's not half. And this is a pipe dream, it will never happen. I have white segments, black segments, and Asian segments, and Hispanic segments. But if somehow, in some way, we could run a computer simulation to see what the numbers would be and see if it actually makes sense if we forced a multicultural experience. As in, you had white, black, Hispanic, Asian, and neighborhood in a row. Now, you can't mathematically do that because the numbers don't add up. But I think, in my head, the police go to an area and it's a mixture of everybody. There's nobody to really target. That would bring down the crime rates as far as arrests per per culture. 
uh, assaults onto victims of uh, police brutality per culture. And education would be much more even. What I've really found out in watching those movies, I don't know if you guys watch YouTube a whole lot, I'm assuming you do, but watching MKBHD and having post that video reflecting on the color of my skin and saying this guy is a one of the most famous people just looking at it if you know anything about tech one of the famous best reviewed tech reviewers on all of youtube over 10 million subscribers i think 11 right now he's driving a tesla and gets pulled over didn't do shit wrong nothing wrong at all and and it's a skin color thing and it's uh it's a police thing where I am all for, at this point, after watching his video, somebody, I, I've been watching MKBHD for about nine years now, and seeing a man that I admire and I look up to, because I'm a tech, I'm a tech lover also, I'm seeing his team coming through his video, and he's never done dancing around to anybody. But see that it happens to everybody. I heard Shannon Sharp there more talking about it. And I'm trying to fix it. Now, I do think for every cop, and every white person that has a racist thought and every cop that pulls somebody over that is black, I think that's despicable. And I think it is equally despicable, or despicable for every person that is in the community. And this may sound harsh, but it's my point of view, so I have a right to say it. For every person that does actually commit a violent crime against somebody and bring down the perception of black people. They're just as guilty because they are feeding the fire that the other cultures see and say, well, black people only go around and commit crimes. And for every single cop and white person that's racist, that person that's out there committing the crimes to add fire to that fuel or add fuel to that fire, I apologize. I think they're equally as guilty. And I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on that last statement. Tracy? Ah, man. So, let me just take it back and let me bring you into a house home. Well, yeah, let me bring you into a house of what black people go through and the conversation that a mother and a father or if it's just a single parent have with, let's just say, a male, a black man, black boy. They tell us, whatever you do, respect the police. Whatever you do, put your hands on the dashboard. Whatever you do, don't talk back. Whatever you do, the first thing that they taught us is that they put their hands on you. You have everybody to put their hands on you back. But in regards to police, don't do anything. Because as what's been happening is that you will die by the hands of police, right? So my, my logic is this. That no matter what type of education that, or excuse me, no, no matter what type of education that I may have, no matter what type of education that Chris may have, or any black male or black female may have, is that, excuse me for saying this, that most people will still see us as niggas, or that the derogatory term that comes with the ER within, with the N word, right? It's because when I go home when I was younger, and there was a crime committed, the first thing that my mother and my father would ask, they would say, God, I hope he wasn't black. 
And I'm trying to like really understand why does the race matter? Why, how come him not being black makes it okay? It's not that it makes it okay. It's because we already was seen as criminals. When I was born, the first thing that my mother looked at me with the color of my skin saying, dang, he's, he's dark. Because they said that the lighter you are on that scale, the more the more that you're not going to be victimized, and more that you're not going to be seen as a criminal. So my question is not very dark, but it's dark enough where that if I'm walking down the street and I'm by myself, and if, even if I have a do rag on my head, the police will be suspecting me. They're going to go ahead and just say, "Oh." They're gonna stereotype me, and they will take, keep a very close eye on me because the way that I carry myself and the color of my skin. If I even if I'm in a nice neighborhood, now that's just this stereotyping. Going back to when we're in home, where the place that I supposed to feel safe. Why I feel that most black parents, and if a single, like I said earlier, get so upset with us is because they don't want us to fall into that trap. They was hoping that we learn from what's been going on in history so we won't become history. So we don't have the George Floyds, the more you no know, so we don't have the Tamir Rice, a twelve year old. So we don't have the Tavon Martin that was seventeen year old that was coming from from the store from a from a liquor store with skittles in his hands that get killed by somebody that pro, that proclaimed to be a neighborhood watch person. Because the more that we grow for me personally the more that i grow the more that i take care of myself the more fit that i become the better like belt that i make myself the more that i become a threat the more education that i have the more that i become a threat because if a policeman comes to me and violate my rights what do you think i'm going to say i'm going to say that this is not right this is what's going to go ahead by court of law and this is what's going to happen as what has been happening when we try to display our rights. If it's not recorded, what happens? You just another black man locked up, or if that, then. As to why, it's we have every right as people, not just black men, as people to record what's going on, what the police is doing. Yes, they have video cameras, but you know, some people just like to turn it off one day, and they don't feel up to it. But, it's very disheartening in the sense that I have a son now that I know for a fact that I cannot put him in that same situation as I was back in the day when he gets to a certain age that I had to teach him that this is what it's about right now. What I need you to do, I need you to respect everyone as well as the police, even though we have so much hate towards the police because they have a power over us behind that badge in their holster because our education will either save us or be the reason why we fall. Can I ask a quick question about that? Go ahead. Go ahead. So from a white perspective, mm-hmm. my mom, God rest her soul, actually. Every time I say her name, I almost cry. She died last April. Uh, heart attack. Oh, anyways. Uh, okay. She taught me, uh, as, as a white uh, young man growing up, um, to get stopped by police, do as they say. Don't say anything dumb. Do not mouth. Do not talk back to them. 
and you put your hands exactly where they can see you. Now, let me ask you this, and this is just an idea of going through it. I, I, I feel that every person from every culture, if you're, if you're white, Hispanic, or black, they, they, they all have to have that conversation with their children. Now, do you think adding in, even if it is truthful, even if it is truthful, saying because you are a black kid, when you interact with police, you have to be extra careful. Is that part truly necessary? Is, or is that just a concern that's being passed down? Because, no, all, because all all children are, are told basically the same thing. Shut up, do as I say, and don't have a reason to have the police bugging you in the first place. Uh-huh. Most parents say that. If they don't say that, then they're probably not the best parents. I, I, so I'm just wondering, uh, you know, is that narrative something that needs the end. I, if, 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 I, if I we can want to say that. black lives matter, I, I, get to equality, you know, when we have conversations on how we all raise our children, it should be based on you as a person and not, you know, but, but I, I really feel that warning a child before they even interact with the police that they're already going to be treated differently is going to make that child have a negative opinion. Possibly, I don't know. Like, my, I'm here to learn, but also my thought. You know, for me, for me, I learned it. So I'm a young kid. I'm in class. Um, I will always remember this day because, to be honest with you, the cop that was introducing himself and he was doing a fairly good job, I just happened to be sick that day. And by class rules, I can get up and throw away my tissue. I was blowing my nose, wiping my nose and everything like that. I get up to throw away. The cop looked at me, black man. He looked at me and said, son, what are you doing? I was, I was just throwing away my, my tissue. And he said, you're going to be my uh, victim for today. Never forget the words. So he grabbed me. He put my arms or put my, yeah, put my hands behind my head and, you know, put me in that position. And he pat me down and he, like, grazed my, my private area as of what they do, right? So me being, I probably was maybe, I want to say six, seven, or eight. Um, never been in that position before. And me being sick and not understanding why am I being had it down for not doing anything wrong when I'm following class rules because the policeman came off, came in and felt like I was disrespecting him. And I didn't do anything wrong. But because that policeman has that power, you gotta understand that it doesn't matter if the cop is, and I just wanna say this out loud, it doesn't matter if the cop is white, black, Hispanic, Asian, as you can see, that the four people that got arrested in uh, Minnesota, white, I think the, the bald-headed man was black. I think he might be a mix. Doesn't matter. Uh, Asian. All, all, all nationalities, all races, you know? So it doesn't matter about yeah. the race itself. It's, it's more about the fact that police will take that power and put it over you and say that I'm the authority figure. No matter how old you are, you will have to respect me, which... I feel that everybody respects the police officer until that police officer disrespects you. And that's just the way of life. So when I'm that six, seven, eight year old kid doing what I'm told and doing what was expected of me in that classroom, I thought that I was abiding by the rules, but it doesn't work that way. It doesn't. So that's just in the classroom. Now I'm at home and my parent and I'm talking to my mom, like this is what happened in school today. And it said, it's gonna get worse from here. It doesn't matter if you're walking down the street 
and you're following by the rules, just because the color of your skin and because you fit the description, they will try you. Just because I fit the description. It happens too many times because I fit the description. Why do you think Trayvon Martin got killed? Why do you think a mom that was running, just just running, just jogging, getting his exercise and got killed? Because he fit the description. Description. That's why it's important for us as a community, uh, not just the black community, because I'm, I'm going to use different terminology. When I say culture, I'm talking about the black community culture. When I say community, I'm talking about as a whole, as a community, why Black Lives Matter. It has nothing to do with the fact that it has lives matter. It's what really kicks people off because it says black. That's why everybody want to change it to blue. As of, as of why everybody want to change it to all. My whole thing about that in itself, it has nothing to do with what it says lies matters because it has a black in front of it. Why does that upset you? Why does it upset you when we celebrate breast cancer? Do you have the same effect when somebody goes out and say, damn, breast cancer sucks, then you're gonna go back around and say, well, I know breast cancer sucks, but all cancer sucks. That's disrespectful to that person because that person lost somebody to, this, to breast cancer. Am I right or wrong? So if I go, oh, you're right. you know what I'm saying? So if I go to you and you tell me something about an illness, I'm saying, and I'll say, I'm sorry about that illness, but this illness is just as bad as this one. Wait, my, my, I lost yeah. my mom. I lost, like, for my, for example, my father died three years ago. That's why I sympathize you with your mother and my condolences to you. My, my father lost, I, he lost his life to lung cancer, right? If somebody would come up to me, Mm-hmm. And I tell them that day I lost my dad to lung cancer, and they tell me it's like I'm sorry to hear that, but all cancer sucks. And I don't. That doesn't that doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, I'm telling you that my dad lost his life to lung cancer. You're telling me that all cancer sucks. I will have every right to look at you and be disrespectful towards you because I don't sympathize. It doesn't sit right. So when it's all black, when Black Lives Matter, it's because of what's been happening. Like we before we had this discussion, uh, before we went on the podcast, that hundred years ago we had Black Wall Street was booming, right, and they bombed it. Riot started hundred years ago. Had nothing to do with black folks starting the riot. It was the fact that when we tried to lift ourselves up, people wanted to burn it down. And it goes through all through history. 1921. I actually had the right. right. I had the, 1921. I had the, I have all the dates right here. So slavery from yeah. 1619 to 1865. The prison system was incorporated in 1891. 1865 to 1964 was Jim Crow. And then from 1968 to present, you have the mass incarcerations, police brutality, and you know everything that's transgressed in that time frame. Yeah. I mean, there's a really interesting date I want to think of. What about 2021 and going forward? What, what can my thing? Yeah. So I, I, I just I want to uh, go back to my question that uh, that was kind of lingering. So um, about how you know, uh, me as a white person, I want to condemn you know black uh, sorry, white people that are racist and cops that assault and stalk and kill minority communities, not just, not just black, primarily black, but, um, and I want everybody to start treating each other as equal. And I view those people as, you know, as a, as a Christian person, you know, they're, they're sinners, they're, they're horrible humans. At the same time, 
what what goes through your mind when I say, and the same thing on the other side, where uh, people like you know, uh, you know, you Chris and, and, and Tracy, you know, good good people that want to sit down and have a conversation to us to figure out the other side, to people that are not like you that do go out and and steal and rob and and murder and, and rape and all these other violent things. Um, I really think that they need to be equally as condemned. Uh, the one thing which I which I mentioned to Chris in a text message, I am all for uh, feeling sorrow, sympathy, and regret and remorse for what happened to George Floyd. Um, absolutely. Right. Let me hold you right. Let me let me stop you right there. Um, let me let me yeah. stop you right there. Good. I don't need you to feel that. I don't need you to feel that because we've been feeling that way our life for people that are like you that want to sit down and have this conversation we don't need that sorrow that's something that we've been feeling already for a long period of time so we don't need that anymore don't add depression onto depression but or oppression on oppression we could take both of those terminologies right i understand it's okay to be upset it's okay to be angry it's supposed to feel sorrow but it's not okay to stay in that because what happens with that is that you add more to it what i need you to do is that if you see that, then we need to add change to it. You see wrong, add change to it. As to answer your question, what is happening is that what people are going to start doing going forward from here on the way on to our future, excuse me, is that people are going to look and they're going to say this. Is that, okay, now that we have this Black Lives Matters movement and now that we have 50 states, this whole country that was all about the protest, which I'm afraid of right now, what I'm about to say is that is this is just going to be for the moment. Is this what 2020 is going to be like? Is that it? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to get it to the end of this month where people were just going to start just separating themselves again. Where people really not going to sit down and say, okay, let me add change to it. Me being a black man, right now I'm in law school just for this reason. I had to change my mindset being that, okay, I was going to be this football player, didn't happen for me, what can I do to change? Went into becoming a therapist working with children with autism. I've seen, not even just, I've seen, oh man, seen how kids get treated differently because they have a disability. Then be on top of that because of them being black with a disability. I'm like, oh my goodness. And then being that they have a disability, they're black and they're from another country, they're from Africa. I'm like, is this what we're really about right now? And it is, it's like that. Because what's happening is because I don't, you don't see change. You don't, you, you see sorrow. I don't need you to see sorrow. Sorrow is not the answer. The answer is you taking steps toward because at the end of the pain, at, at the end of pain, at the end of pain, it's, a, it's always going to be success. No, no doubt about that. Um, so I want to add to that. So those yeah. dates that I, I mentioned, those are, they're very important dates. So, you know, we're all, you know, in our, our 30s, right? Or close to that. So our parents were directly affected by the, the acts of Jim Crow and the civil rights movement. 
we're less than 58 years ago from dealing with those types of things. So Brian, you asked like how how do how how does that happen? And it's because it's we're so we're we're so, still so close to those events. There's people that are walking this earth right now that are they still feel some type of way. And when we talk about racism in general and things of that nature, it's it's not a inherited trait, meaning it's not passed down genetically. It's learned. It's learned from your your environment, your your relatives, your parents, your grandparents, your aunts and uncles, so on and so forth. And until we get to a point where we can we obviously will 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 teach our kids these like how to treat one another love everybody treat everybody the same way respect everything like that but there's still there's still people there's still families out there who will teach you know stay within your your race stay within your culture and it's not just white on black or black on white it's 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 all the races that are involved and i've had i've dealt with it from every race to be honest with you and until we get to a point where we're so far removed from those tragic events that got us here that's how we can get to be able to grow and unify as as a country as a nation as a community as tracy pointed out and and the fact that these things keep happening the the george floyds the ahmaud arbery the brianna taylor's the premier rice because these incidents still happen it takes that much longer for us to get to that point and so when we talk about the protests when we talk about all these things we talk about our grief and our sorrows th- that boils all into it because every time another one of these events happen it sets us back it sets us further back and you talk about the 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 types of people who are out there committing these crimes, Brian. And I, again, I want to mention these dates again. We we went directly from slavery to Jim Crow, where it was basically illegal to do half the things that the people who were white take for granted being able to ride a bus, being able to sit at a restaurant, being able to read, go to school. And those different things. It was hard for black people to get that education when you couldn't go to the same school and all your books were hand-me-down books that the white schools have already given up on years ago because they've been they've been the new editions that came out. And so they give them all the old stuff. And so when you integrate them into the school and now you have them all learning the same thing, then the white people move out and they go into their private schools and they they pay for the top of the line education and things like that. And you have the black community who doesn't have that money because of my mind you again they weren't they don't have that that wealth to be able to afford those things they have a second rate education then you have second rate jobs then you have to it's it's about that environment that was placed in so until all that can change that's 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 the only way that this is going to get better and at the end of the day that's that's what the protests have been all about being able to make those things better because it's still not better is that answer for you Mark? Yeah, it does. Um, I just wanted to, uh, to, to kind of put it, to, well, the, the George Floyd thing, I think, sorry, remorse. So when I watched that video of George Floyd and watching the wife being choked out of him by a murderous, horrible human being that had already been in trouble for other such, well, he didn't kill anybody, but he had, he'd been reprimanded a couple of times. Um, 
I I have nothing in my heart that says, well, he deserved it because he didn't. In no way did that man deserve to die that day. Um, at the same time, I always want people to judge me when I pass on in whatever way that is, based on the life that I lived, the goals I accomplished, the friends I kept, and eventually the family I raised. That's what I want to be remembered by. And I feel it's a huge disservice to the good and the, the majority of, 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 of the black community that are good, upstanding, hardworking people that want to just go out and do things to have this man that, you know, barged into a home and, and, and took a pregnant, a black pregnant woman and, and pointed a gun at her child. And, and threatened to kill her and unborn baby as, as the people he was with were robbing her home to hold him up as like he, like, and ignore the fact he didn't, he, he didn't come from a troubled past and then he moved to Minnesota to rebuild and everything else and maybe yeah, you want to give people a second, third, fourth you know there's a lot of stuff that the media left out and I think and maybe it's a good thing it, it very well could be a good thing I just I, I don't understand um, why why we need to do murals of this man and march and scream his name because if you think about this child that's born and alive now so so I I, I got I got that one and, so, so and Brian I was pregnant Brian hold on Brian hold on real quick you know it, it's gotcha. it's not just about him it was about the other 492 individuals who lost their lives over the same type of thing yes he was the latest and right now it seems like it's all about him but it's not there were still 493 total people who lost their lives and you talk about so his, why are they saying those people's names when they're marching they're 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 black lives matter well, black lives do matter, and that's what the, needs to be the message. And leave, and leave that is what happened. And leave George Floyd in, in, in the past now. You know, the, okay. Now let me say this. Let me say this right quick because I'm going to bring that up. The only reason why that you yeah. know about that because Candace Owens. For one, Candace Owens is a person that will go ahead and research about a person's life because they think what type of person that he looks like. That's why I was telling you about stereotypes because I knew you was going to bring that up. Now, if we're going to go to that point and you want to back Candace Owens, let's go back to Candace Owens says that she never been stereotyped or any had any racist remarks regarded towards her, right? Back in 2008, she had a mayor that, a son that had racist remarks and threatened her life that she got a settlement for 30 seconds. So we're not right? talking about so Candace Owens. Let's, we can talk about that. Point. But then let's talk about, we're not going to talk about that, right? But we can look at our leaders. Let's just say, look at our leaders, right? Hey, we have our leaders. Hold on, hold on. Tracy, I don't support Candace Owens. I know. I'm not saying that she supports yeah, her. I so think I, that's the only reason why that she knew about really that have, you is because she had said something about that. My thing about it no, is I didn't know about that two days earlier. I just, okay. okay. I got All right. So let me, okay. No. Let's just say Candace Owens out of it because the only reason why I knew about that is because okay. Candace Owens brought it up. So my, my apologies for okay. assuming. But my thing about it is and it was about George Floyd because we saw that man get killed on national yep. TV that somebody okay. recorded it. You hear people crying, get off his chest and everything like that. And we felt sorrow for him like you were saying. But because we saw it as a, as a nation saw that murder, that nation saw it, then we we just like 
This man changed his life from 2014 when his daughter was born, when he had moved to Minnesota from them six years because his daughter is six years old now because her changed changed his life to be a better person. That's what people tend to forget because the reason why that he was in a position to become better because something came to his life to make him better. And the reason why that we're talking about George Floyd today is because a man that on his on the back of his neck and he told him that he couldn't breathe when blood was coming out of his nose for nine minutes. Because when the ambulance came, it was no it was no paramedics that really came. It was more police officers that didn't handle correctly when his head hunched over on that stretcher and then they gently put his head back on the stretcher to put him into the ambulance truck. That's why we're talking about George Floyd. Because we saw that. Because we're tired. That's the key thing about it. We're tired of seeing black people get killed for a nonviolent crime or for something that isn't even a crime. He got pulled over or he wasn't even pulled over. They pulled up to him saying that he forged a check or something like that or it was a fake kind of fake twenty dollar bill. So you're telling me that this man died over a fake twenty dollar bill that we don't even know if it's true or not. That's what it's about. Because it's petty crimes for some reason that black people get killed for. Where you have the national protest that, or we have protests before this actual protest when people were upset, excuse my language, but white people was going upset. They was going up to the Capitol with guns, getting in police face when there was no tear gas or anything like that. And you could look at them and it's like, well, damn. How come is that we can have a peaceful protest and we get tear gas and people are getting shot with rubber bullets when just a couple of weeks ago, just a couple of weeks ago, before what actually happened to George Floyd, when you have people that was up there because they were upset by not getting haircuts and you have guns on you and you're screaming in people's faces and there's no charge. There's 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 no there's no sympathy there. It's not about it's not about George Floyd. It's the fact that you don't treat everybody equally. That we don't have no guns in our hands. You don't see that. But you've seen people that have AR-15s, you have AK-47s, you have all that. they ready to shoot the police, and they're in your face about it. That's what it's about. It has nothing to do, and it has something to do with your score because now we're tired, and now we're going to go out and do peaceful protests. Now you have black people that's going to start to come up and say this, that, and the other, like I'm speaking right now, because we're tired. That's what it's about. Gotcha. So, so, and so... Just to clarify, so when 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 they're out in the marches, like say his name, George Floyd, and everything else, they're not really. They're, they're, I'm saying his name as, mm-hmm. as, as as so his name is basically tied to the problem at this point. So they're saying, say his name. You you heard of the, the phrase the straw that broke the camel back? You know, police brutality is bad, basically, and we're saying his name as a as a, it's being popped up as. We're sick of this shit. We're sick of being beat. Mm-hmm. We're sick of all of our crap. Mm-hmm. Not getting mm-hmm. education, not being yeah, yeah, yeah. treated. And, you know, back in the bus, back in the day. You know, we're, we're sick of it. So you're not actually validating the man as a man. You just when when he's a rallying cry based on his death. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. Because okay, we can start like George Floyd, like holding up like Obama. Like, like like as much as I dislike Obama, mm-hmm. dude, because he's smooth speaker. He made some stuff happen. I wasn't for the majority of it, you know. Um, but and he talks a lot better than our current president. I like I told Chris, I don't listen to Trump. I watch what he signs in the law, which I sometimes agree with, not always. Uh, but you know, like Obama to me is like him, Bo Jackson, you know, 
Gordon and what he did for for sneakers and everything else. Like all this stuff is what people of any community, of the American community, especially the black community, need to look to as as leaders and people that move us all forward, MLK. And I, I, I hear George Floyd, I look at his rap sheet, I'm like, oh, my stomach turns over, you know? To like, be, it yeah, make any sense. To, to be honest with you. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Now, there's parts now, I'm just like, I get what you're saying uh, as far as that. Like, George Floyd, yes, he has a rap sheet. But then we can go back to uh, Malcolm X. That man had a long rap sheet. Right, but everybody respects him because he changed his life when he was in prison. He did prison reform, right? He got with somebody that told him, like, what you're doing right now is wrong for you to become better, for you to be this voice that wants to be heard because you have common sense. You have to change the way that you eat, the way that you sleep, the way that you walk, the way that you carry yourself. If you want to become somebody, you have to make yourself look in the mirror and then become somebody. Because right now, you're just this image. You're just this salute that, or just this silhouette, I'm sorry, this silhouette that you have that you can fill yourself over the plethora of knowledge when that happened that's when Malcolm X became Malcolm X so for George Floyd it was his daughter right go ahead yeah and and look at Muhammad Ali the man was paid handsomely handsomely to use his fist to inflict violence upon another body he did damn good job of it but when it came to having to go over to Vietnam he stood up and said uh, they ain't do nothing with me. I'm not going to go over there and do that. You know, <laughs> I'm not doing that. And he used his words and and, and nonviolence and, and protested in a way that uh, got him in a lot of trouble at the time. But now you look back at him now, he's so endeared and, and admired by all people, all communities. You know, and that's the kind right. of people I want to think of when I think about you know, black progress and, and now it's no longer black, white, Asian, and Hispanic. It's just people. We're just, we're just, we're just a great country and everybody loves each other. Well, maybe 500, if ever, more years, you know, but we have to start somewhere. And I think right and I now, want, and I want the, those people remembered. Right. And those people will forever be remembered because the way that they changed their lives, right? And for George Floyd, he would never be that. And the reason why that we know about George Floyd because he got killed by a policeman, and we know that. And the fact that Candace Owens, for, for me personally, when she brought up his rap sheet, is like, well, damn, you brought up his rap sheet, but there was nothing for the last six years. Why is that? Come to find out, like you said, you have a daughter that changed his life, that he was trying to change, like in Minnesota, and he tried to do great things. He became a security guard. He paid this this well in Texas. They said that he was trying to be this rapper or everything like that. He was trying to make moves to better himself as a person. That's what we try to remember that. Um, and I get that. And we have these people that want to downplay not just Black Lives Matter, but the people that are actually killed by it. And it's wrong. Because yeah. a person lost their life. No, it is wrong. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and I don't want to take away from other other cultures and other communities the fact that it, it affects every community. And, and it's wrong in a sense for us to take away, like, let me take all that back. It's wrong in a sense that we have this idea that only black lives matter. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say only black lives matter. It's the fact that we see it happen to more people. What gets filmed is people of color. 
And I was going to say, Black, that I just saw a video before we jumped on to this podcast that there was this Mexican guy that just came out of the grocery store. I'm not sure what state is in because, you know, they have laws where you can actually have your gun on you and you're fine to go. You're good to go, right? Now, Mexican man, three white cops, told him to pull up his shirt. They said he had a gun. Policemen pulled out his gun. They grabbed him. They threw him to the ground and shot him 16 times. 16 times. That's a bit excessive. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, it's, and with that being said, is that people are going to bring up this. It's like, okay, all black lives matters, right? Where, how come you don't hear about Hispanics saying masculine lives matter or anything like that? How come we don't back then? We did. When Trump did the whole, oh, Mexican pay for the border and everything like that, when people got separated, uh, where Mexican children or Spanish children got separated from their mothers and their fathers, and people, and Trump saying that um, people that's coming over from the border, they're all illegal immigrants that are murderers and rapists and everything like that, we told them, no, it's not like that. You see a lot of Hispanic. Well, that's not exactly what he said. Paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said. I've watched it like a billion times. Oh, I'm paraphrasing. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not. I. This is from from my point my point of view. So, with with that idea, that's what I'm trying to get at. With that idea, you're gonna say that they are one way when there's a lot of people that we know that maybe they may be illegal, but we know for a fact they're not that way. And that's what we have to look at them. That even though we have this stereotype of black people being thugs and being this and being that, they have nothing really positive to say about us. Well, we really do because we wouldn't be here now if it wasn't for the protests of Martin Luther King. We wouldn't be here now if Malcolm X didn't say, stand up for yourself. We wouldn't be here now if we didn't have Rosa Parks saying that I'm not going to move for a white person because they say that they're tired. I'm more tired than that person because I had to walk many miles to get to this bus stop, bus, bus stop where this person only didn't even really didn't have to walk. I'm tired. After why that when we march is because we're tired. As crazy as that may sound, right? Because we're marching, we're tired. That's what it is. Gotcha. Let me ask you a question. Um, when you think of, so to me, Chris, I he sent a comment in a message the other day, and I got super defensive, and he insinuated that, and and it's maybe even one percent true, but. I know for a fact I've had many struggles in my life. That the only reason why I'm in the position I'm in with my career, uh, which I don't really want to say on podcast uh, due to, you know, new company and all kinds of stuff. But the only reason why I'm in the position I'm in is because I am more likely to get that job than a black person. And mm-hmm. then, and, and this, this whole narrative of, of white privilege. Let me let me explain what white privilege has meant to me. It meant to me that when I made bad decisions, I still paid the consequences. I I had been homeless four separate times. I didn't finish high school. I used to wear a beanie everywhere I went and listen to rap music. I uh, didn't know my birth father. I have a father, my brother's father adopted me. I didn't, I, I, I've never met the man I actually came from. Um, and 
I've been fired from jobs. I went to the Army, made their basic training at AIT and got a medical discharge. And no matter how many times I got up and did the right thing, it was year after year after year of pain and sorrow and sleeping on buses and getting down to 120 pounds at six foot tall. Oh, she has older back, 230 pounds. And the white privilege that, that, that I think is seen from your guys' side of the fence looking over here. So maybe I don't have a cop on my ass every five seconds, but trust me, I, I had a day in Boulder City, uh, which is a city out here in Las Vegas, and I went to, actually, his name, I'll tell you this, his name was Glenn. He was a black guy I worked with at Jack in the Box. <laughs> and I was walking through his apartment complex. It was a Dodge uh, Ram SRT 10 Viper engine truck. The old man comes out, what are you doing looking at my truck? I ain't seen you around here. Give me your ID. I won't call the cops now. I'm like, I'm 18, I don't know what the hell. Here's my health card. I didn't have an ID at the time, I left it at home. Takes my health card, runs upstairs, calls the cops. Five cop cars surround me. They all, because of the way I'm dressed, with a beanie on, baggy pants, tell me to get on the ground with five different police officers all pointing guns at me. So when I hear this white privilege crap and, and remembering being arrested when I was a teenager for arson, and check fraud. And when I remember all this other stuff I've had to go through through my life, and I'm like, it's, it's kind of disingenuous. And, and, and like, cause it makes it sound for, for me when I hear it, like, oh, well, he's white, he doesn't have any struggles. Now I may not have the same legal struggles with like police chasing me down, but I'll tell you what, I went to school out in Prump, which is a town outside of Nevada, outside of Vegas. Just, the school books were shit. They were torn in half. They were ripped. School is horrible. Horrible, poor, poor community. So I don't know what my whiteness got me in my life up until maybe my last promotion. But at the same time, it's also my third time going into the segment of work I'm in. And twice, twice they gave me an intern job before they gave me the real job to prove myself. Now, with that said, and hopefully some of the stuff kind of hit home, maybe it sounds familiar to what a lot of, like, especially, I know a lot of from research I've done, like, it's, it's a very fractured home. I didn't know my birth father, you know. I'm assuming that there are people in the black community that can relate to that. Um, I really want to know what you guys think white privilege is. Cause it, if it's supposed to be so great, it ain't really that great to me, and I'm doing my whiteness completely wrong. <laughs> So, let me say it like this. 18, right? Five car cars pulled up. Yeah. That's my privilege. Because if it was black, if it was me, I wouldn't be here. Well, so there were nine people that were killed in 2019 that were black by police officers. Mm -hmm. So, I personally just want to do mathematics on that and say, it's highly unlikely that you would have been killed over it. Would you have had gun support on you too? Most likely, yes. I was actually shocked they pulled a gun on me. But I didn't even touch the vehicle. I told him. I was like, dude, the guy, I, I, I looked at it. I literally walked behind the truck and stopped and looked at the tailpipes because they had like a, you know, those super chromed out tailpipes that was dropped down, you know? 
And I think that's narrative that like, when I, when I hear something like that, it's like, is it based on facts and evidence? Because you're still here now, and either you've never been harassed by police, or you ran away really fast, and they didn't have a chance to shoot you. So, Brian, you talk about... Based on that one comment. So, so Brian, so... Yeah. In, in regards to, to police, so we we obviously we're, we're talking about George Floyd and his whole incident with allegedly trying to pay with a twenty dollar bill, right? That's George Floyd's incident, and there's there's numerous other incidents that we can that we can cite for that. But let's talk about you know the guy back in 2012, Dylan Roof, who shot up the the movie theater in Aurora, Colorado. He was he shot people and killed people, had assault rifles, had enough ammunition to be able to take out every single person in that theater. And he was able to leave alive, smiling. And he gets to live out the rest of his life at a mental institution because he got off. Well, he didn't get off, but they were able to plead temporary insanity. And so he gets to not be in a he was a mass murderer legal by definition a terrorist and he is not he's not spending the rest of his life like those who have also been labeled a terrorist so that's that is part of white privilege and like you know i told i told you and then when we were texting about it like i i i empathize with everything that you've gone through in your life up to that time frame but here's the difference and you, you and I don't and I don't say this to belittle you or I don't say this to to demean your life in any any shape, form, or fashion. But I'm I'm 33 years old. I do have a, a high school diploma. I do have a college degree. I have I, I had a top I had a top secret security clearance by the US government to be able to do anything I wanted to in the military. But they tell me I can only qualify for certain jobs. If I go in with my name being Christopher Fisher and I put on an application and I walk into an interview and they see the color of my skin, because my name gets me in the door, my skin gets me out of that same door. Those are the type of things that I that I mentioned. And I said, I, I, I didn't mean to offend you by what I said, but those are the types of differences. So I, I, I have to work 10 times as hard to get half of what someone else could get based off the color of my skin. And that's when we talk about white privilege. That's that's what we mean by that. It's nothing. It's, it, it doesn't have anything to do with you individually. And like I said, I I, I do apologize if, it, if I offended you when I said that. But that's not the what, what I meant by it. Is that the 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 idea? Like I said, the idea of white privilege is, is that a black person or a Hispanic person will have to work ten times as harder to be able to get the same respect. A an Asian person who is a doctor in China doesn't get the same respect in the United States because he's from China. A doctor from Africa doesn't get the same respect as a doctor in Africa here in the United States because he's a doctor from Africa, not a doctor from the United States. Those are the type of things when we when we talk about white privilege, that's what we mean. We have to work 10 times harder. Does that make sense? Hey, we lose them. I think we lost them, Chris. Well, 
I guess that's where we end the conversation then. <laughs> but on top of that, for everybody that's listening, one thing that I want you to get away from what's been going on is this, that the only way that we can change if we change ourselves and stop trying to belittle others and empower ourselves. The more effort that we put in to try to make another culture feel small, the more that we take away, the less energy that we're gonna give to our community. For us to change, we have to become doctors. For us to change, we have to become lawyers. For us to change, we have to get into this corrupt system and make it right. For us to be where we need to be, and it's gonna take time, we're gonna have conversations like this. There's gonna be people like Chris and I that wants to talk to people that wanna talk. Not to debate anything. If you're gonna debate, you're gonna lose every time. Because when it comes to race, racism is always gonna be here. Mm-hmm. Because the way you feel about me, it's not how I feel about you. Because at the end of the day, I have to make sure that my family's okay. I have to make sure that my brother's okay. Because of what's going on right now. One thing that I would like to end with for myself personally is a couple of quotes that I've been reading from Frederick Douglass. Everybody wants to talk about Martin Luther King. Everybody wants to talk about uh, Malcolm X and everything like that. But we have other leaders out there that makes sense of who we are as people. Uh, this person, Frederick Douglass, he wrote this beautiful, beautiful manuscript that's about 50 pages long. It's called Self-Made Men. He wrote it back in 1872. And he says, and I quote, the importance of this knowledge is immeasurable. And by no other is human life so affected in color. Nothing can bring to a man so much happiness or so much of misery as man himself. Today, he him himself to heaven by his virtues and achievements. Tomorrow, he smites and saddens and pain, but his crimes and follies. But whether exalted or disbased, terrible or wicked, whether saint or villain, priest or prize father, if only he be great at, in his line, he is an unfailing source of interest as one of a common brotherhood. For the best man finds in his breast the evidence of kinship with the worst and with the worst with the best. Meaning this, that we have our downfalls and no matter what occupation that you may be in, whatever title that you hold, is this, is baseless. One thing that you're going to have to remember that we all come from a common brotherhood. But for us to realize that, people are going to have to see us differently. And I'm going to stop for Frederick and just say for me, now, when you see us differently, don't think of me as a criminal. Think of me as a lawyer. Or think of me as somebody that's going to be of great importance one day. Think of Chris as this voice that's going to be heard across the country one day. Instead of thinking of me that I'm going to be in jail one day. And that's what that's why they say that Black Lives Matter. It has nothing to do with the fact that, excuse me, it has nothing to do with the color of my skin, truthfully, or what the crime rate is like. It's the fact that me as a person, and I'm still a person, I'm a man first. But I am proud to be a black man. As many people are proud to be Americans. 
but I do love the color of my skin. No matter what's going on right now, it may be dangerous for me, and I can go outside and not be able to talk to you guys next week. But if this is my last one, remember this, that I love the color of my skin. I love my my father. Hey, Tracy, hold on. I love, hold on ahead. for a second. Uh, Brian's calling back in. I'm, I'm going to link him back in real quick so he can finish the rest of this. Well, this is going to be it for me. All right. I'm gonna go ahead and talk to you, but I'm gonna tell you guys, peace, love. Make sure that you take care of your families, and I'll talk to y'all soon. All right, brother. All right, first. Yep. Yeah. So, and I'll I'll say this: nothing that you said was offensive. Would this isn't some like this? This platform we don't use it to bash anybody. This is um, we call it the becoming legendary and creative kings um, because it's it's about growing, becoming better individuals, educating those who come after us and talking to those who are here with us about being better, no matter what your 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 ethnicity, background, all of that stuff. So, like, nothing that you said was bad or offensive. It it, it came from a, a a point of wanting to learn more, like you said, about the other side of the fence. Um, you know, as far as like, I, I know sometimes I get on my little tangents and rants. If you usually give me like a minute, I yeah. usually calm down and come back down to reality. It just like, like I look at what I am right now and, and who I am. And I'm just like, I always want to get better each and every day, you know? Well, there you have it. That was our conversation with Brian and Tracy uh, dealing with the issues that we have going on in the country right now. Thank you so very much for listening and being a part of the show. Again, if you have any questions, comments, if you have any inputs that you want to have to the conversation, hit us up on Facebook, B-L-A-C-K. You can shoot us an email, youngblackkingspod at gmail.com, or you can leave us a comment on any of the uh, podcast streaming apps. We look forward to being able to hear what you guys have to say. Remember to like, comment, subscribe on all our social media platforms. And as always, look out for me and my other crew. And if I'm being honest, on the movie edition coming this weekend. And check out my book. Yeah, it's no brainer. $2.99 on the Kindle store. Go do that. Thank you. This has been your host, Chris. And we'll see you next week. Shut up, Jarvis.